the original Wayne's World, 1992. Oh yes. Great movie. Yeah. They're also, I always tease that that movie just feels like a lesbian, you know, buddy comedy. And that like. 100%. Wayne and Garth are also just dykes. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, listen, they've got the haircuts for it. And I yeah. mean that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I am Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer people form a human bridge that allows Jennifer Coolidge to walk straight into the sun, thus fulfilling the one prophecy that the Old Testament got right. That's correct. Every episode, I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. Wait, shh, listen. Do you hear something different? I am, I think, I think for the first time ever, recording my intro from somewhere that is not my home. It is a basement. It is. So don't worry. I'm keeping one thing very consistent about the show. Uh, It only comes from beneath the ground, just like queer people. Uh, But I am, in fact, in a whole different city. I am dog sitting. Dog sitting is probably, I want to say... 30% of my time these days is spent watching someone else's beautiful dog. I'm doing it right now. The dog is right next to me. It has a human's name, and I love when a pet has a pedestrian human name. Uh, I'm not going to say it uh, because, you know, privacy reasons, I guess. This is my show. I can out myself. Will I out this gay dog? Maybe, maybe not. Not today. Uh, So that's why things sound a bit different. I don't have my normal setup. Uh, Maybe I sound a little more echoey. Maybe it sounds a little less expensive than I normally do. I don't know. You know what? First of all, check yourself because this is a free podcast. Have a glass of water. Recenter. And we're back in the basement. Uh, So that's where I am. I hope it's all fine. Don't get freaked out. Coming up fast is my season three finale. Wait a minute. You're saying it's the mid-season finale. Shouldn't it be the mid-season finale? That's what I did last year. This year it's different. Not every season can be like Lost, which has 9,000 episodes. Some seasons are like White Lotus, just like my intro. And that's what this one is going to be. But don't worry, because I have a few more great episodes as we wrap up this season, heading into the holiday. And then a very special holiday gift, a very special surprise. I cannot tell you about it. I will say it involves Critty. I will say it involved a big wicker room divider. And uh, I may have worn a hat part of it. There was a large hat. Can you hear this dog heavy breathing (laughs) next to me right now? Uh, Mercy. Okay, so that is all coming up, but none of that is happening now. Thus, it is not important because today is about one person and one person only, and that is me. And the second person is my guest. My guest today is Weird Alice. Not Alice Weir, When I Googled, not Alice Weir, who is a family mediation lawyer in Toronto, who, according to Google, has received 107 page views. No, not Alice Weir. Weird Alice. Weird Alice Yankadick, actually, is their full name. And (laughs) relax, before you cancel me, it's Slovenian. Uh, So here is Weird Alice's bio, written by Weird Alice, read by me, as is the custom on You Made Me Queer. Fabulous, filthy, and effed up Weird Alice Yankadick is composed entirely of TV static and a faint memory of late-night feverish movie viewing. They're here to bring you on a journey of pastiche, queer kitsch, and anything in poor taste. This is a beautifully written and slightly hyperbolic bio, but I can attest it is absolutely true. Weird Alice is known and loved in Toronto, in the queer community, in the film community, in many communities. Communities. As a, a film 
maven, really. Someone who really programs a lot of great outings to the cinema. Certainly, a, you know, a super bizarre and fantastic queen, Drake queen, Drake artist, you might say, but really knows their way in and out of a film. As you will hear in this interview, we deep dive back into some really VHS favorites and find out that basically every movie ever made between the year 1981 and 1999 was queer, made by queer people for queer people. But I'll let you hear that from Weird Alice themselves. They are a great time. They are very funny. They are dry in the very best way and quite frankly, uh, delicious. And also, I wish this was a television program, not for my face. I sure love not having to show my dumb face to you um, and get myself ready. But rather for Alice, who always really turns out a look, as you probably have already seen in the social media for this episode. So enjoy this conversation. God knows I did. And uh, without further ado, please enjoy this spectacular conversation with Weird Alice. You made me queer. Now, listen, your photo, is that photo of you? That's of me, yeah. I don't have a, uh, I don't have a camera on this computer. That's so. fine. It's, it's, it's a great photo. Thank you. Do your glasses say something? They say weird. Okay, perfect. You're on brand. Yeah. Um, so I can't see you, so paint the picture. Where are you? Who are you wearing? I'm actually wearing, it's a collaboration. I'm wearing somebody else and me. I'm wearing a caftan designed by Frida Las Vegas, but it has oh. my face all over it. So it's like pink zebra print. And then there's just like giant me all over it. It's like a yeah. cartoon drawing of myself wearing pig earrings. And the best part is when I wear it in public, every once in a while, somebody asks me if it's Dolly Parton. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> Famous double-chinned Dolly Parton. <laughs> Jesus. Also, what a compliment. You're like, yes, I, I would association with royalty. Yeah, absolutely. The icon, the legend. The legend. I don't think I've ever worn anything with my own face on it. And qu that's a level of confidence I don't think I'll ever have. Oh, I think you can do it. You gotta make <laughs> really? some, uh, you, you made me queer Trevor merch, just your face with like headphones on. Yes, just, that's right. I'm always wearing headphones. It's my own dumb face. Uh, and people <laughs> will be like, who is this weird old baby? <laughs> and I'm fine. And that's my brand. Weird old baby. Well, you can, weird old baby. My, you can join my drag family. <gasps> oh my God. What a, okay. Let's see if you, you still extend that offer when we get through this conversation. <laughs> But I, you know what, I think this is a perfect segue because we're talking about, uh, you, you know, inviting people into the family, secret families, uh, where am I going with this? Queer families leading to um, queer brainwashing and mind control, which is how you and I, Weird Alice, became queer monsters. Oh, absolutely. It's a thousand percent mind control. Thank you. Thousand percent. <laughs> thousand percent. So yes, of course, you know, we know this now. We are established. We wear clothes with our own face all over it. But <laughs> when we were children, we were impressionable. Um, we wore clothing with other people's faces on them. And that influence is what ended up making us queer. So that's why I've called you here today. I want you once and for all with all the ferocity you can muster to point the finger of blame at who and or what made you queer. So, oh, I feel like it's a few people, all celebrities, um, and very, very shockingly, no one would ever predict this in a million years from movies. Oh, yes. From movies that I rented. Yes. I brought home my little, you know, watch on my little VCR with my little, you know, bring them home. They're not rewound. Put them in the stupid machine, sit, listen to the word, and then watch movies. Oh, my God. Do you remember how we had a machine, a separate machine? A separate machine. That would just rewind a tape. Just rewind a tape. I had yeah. a few of the novelty ones that, like, looked like, you know, a set of lips and one that looked yes. like a race car. I remember the race car. Like, it was a whole thing. We didn't have one. Like, total plebes, we had to, to manually rewind our tapes in the VCR. Yeah. Just sit down and hold. It would take like five minutes. Yeah. You had to hold it. It would take like, you know, the amount of time of like a movie's introduction just to <laughs> rewind it. 
Yeah, and that and that to watch all of the on the VHS coming soon. Yes. Previews. Oh, yeah. I love that. They would have the preview in the movie and it would it would just be relative to what's happening. So it's like coming this December, but it's yeah. from ten years ago. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. But yes. Okay. So take me to the first one and first tell me like where are you in the world? How old are you? Etc. Oh, I'm pretty young um okay. when did that movie come out early 90s i'm very young <laughs> um i Brag. to say all of these movies that are made for the straight male gaze but you know g-a-z-e not the straight male gaze you know exactly what i'm yes, talking about the straight male um, gaze were the ones i tried to make out with in high school yeah exactly i got um, i get what you're saying <laughs> but the, <laughs> Um, a lot of those movies that are like, let's paint women in this way to make um, boys excited. Well, I'm also, I feel like I have a lot in common with like crazy boys (laughs) and what they find attractive. Yes. um, Tia Carrera as Cassandra (gasps) in Wayne's World. Okay, 100%. This is the original Wayne's World. uh, The original uh, Wayne's World, 1992. Yes. Okay, so for folks who don't know, first of all, shame on you. You need to watch this movie. I assume it holds up, but I'm not going to... It does. I screened it. I screened it a few earlier this year. Mm-hmm. It's it's really... It's a smart, funny movie. It's directed by Penelope Spheris, amazing woman. She's in on all the jokes. You know, a few things might seem like they don't age well, but you they're written in there for a reason. They're not like throwaway all the offhanded comments in it yep. are met with like cringe from everybody else. They're like, wait, what are you doing? Right. Okay. Great so movie. Ha- yeah. They're also, I always tease that that movie just feels like a lesbian, you know, buddy comedy. And that like 100% Bane and Garth are also just dykes. Like- <laughs> well, listen, they've got the haircuts for it. And I mean yeah. that as a compliment. <laughs> so this, so, uh, okay. And you, you said you were pretty young. Where were you? Are you a suburban kid? Um, where did I live growing up? <laughs> I moved around a lot when I was a kid. We okay. would have been in the city. We were in Hamilton, but I lived on the mountain potentially at that time. Yep. So like a little bit suburban. Okay. But it was like walking to the video store and grabbing stuff. This one would have been just something out of my family's collection. We this is a movie that we owned. Okay. Yeah, too young to go rent by myself. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was PG-13, which was like pretty strictly enforced when we were kids. Yeah. So, oh, I have many uh, movies I tried to rent and the person behind the counter being like, absolutely not. I feel like I'll get arrested for letting you rent this. Like Pink Flamingos. I remember bringing oh up at like, at like 13 and they were like, no, this is an R-rated movie and I may get put on a list if I let a child watch oh, this. Oh no, <laughs> isn't that funny? Like sometimes they would check and sometimes they didn't. I remember I rented a movie with my friend once and his mom was there and we were like, we wanted to rent, I think it's called Skyscrapers with Pamela Anderson. <laughs> and we were like, if we just like put this in a pile with like Sister Act and some other stuff, maybe it'll just get through and we got in a lot of trouble. I'm I'm going to uh, shame you for a moment on that. Skyscraper is not Pamela Anderson. It is our darling Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, bless her. Yes. You're right. Yes. There's Anna a Nicole series Smith. of them in like the mid 90s, and there's Barbed Wire with Pamela Anderson. I remember Barbed Wire with mm-hmm. Anna Nicole Smith and Cold Sweat with Shannon Tweed, and they're all kind of like the same movie. Yes. Yeah. And Barbed Wire was like, like the character's first name was Barb. I think. Uh, yes. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, anyway, so so this is not about me. So you, Wayne's World, and Tia Carrera, epic in that movie. Okay, so of course I remember all I'm going to is Ballroom Blitz at the end. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of how she appears in the movie at first. She appears in the movie. They go to this place called Gasworks, and the bouncer is uh, it's Meatloaf. He plays a guy named yes. Tiny, and he's got this <laughs> crazy, my hair kind of looks like it now. It's like not quite a mullet, but it's almost. Um, and they list like the, the bands that are playing that night. One of them is the Shitty Beatles, and then <laughs> Crucial Taunt, um, which is Tia Carrera's band, Such and then they name. enter it, and she's singing this wild song and it is her singing Tia Carrera can wail yes um and you know these guys are super in the metal and you 
see her in this hot outfit. The first outfit, I believe, is when she's wearing a blue lace top and blue leather pants. Yeah. Because her first two outfits are that. And then she's got like a white leatherette cut off vest and like booty shorts. And they're, you know, at a party back to back. So I don't remember which one's first, but you see her and she's singing this heavy metal song and then it cuts to Wayne, uh, Mike Myers, and then mm-hmm. he looks at her and then Dreamweaver starts playing. And <laughs> I, I just remember love that. That like the dorkiest song is what plays over his fantasy of a metal babe. Right. But like she, not like a hot like metal like shredding already, song. Exactly. She's already singing the song that would make her hot. And he's right. like, you know, this like song for like middle-aged moms comes Oh my god. I know. Just, I love it. It's a, a joy. It's like a b-side to lady in red it's got the same kind of like silky vibe to it yeah oh it's i i, I mean we we do love Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver <sighs> is it's it's an era it's like gary wright song it's so much fun wings world also has so many good moments where they like cut to a dream sequence or like the character's internal monologue yeah. or internal experience of a song that's playing and it's always great like like, isn't there one with Dana Carvey later when he goes yeah. over to someone's table? Is it with Foxy? It's with Foxy Lady, yeah. It's so good. It's so good where he imagines what it would be like if he was to actually hit on the woman of his dreams. Yeah. Total lesbian behavior. That movie is lesbian behavior from, like, start to finish. I love you claiming that. It. That's, I watched that movie and I was, like, Garth interacting with women in the real world is me interacting with attractive women in the real world where I was like, I, I know I could do it, but like, I'm just going to be a little awkward about it. I love um, that. And I also feel like Wayne and Garth have a bit of an Indigo Girls kind of vibe. Okay. Like the blonde brunette kind of like, it's the kind of same pairing. Anyway, I'm just, I'm supporting your lesbian <laughs> claim. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, so Tia Carrera in that movie is mm-hmm. just, you know, probably first one I saw on screen where like, yeah, I wish I was as cool as her. She's um, so cool. But it wasn't like, I want to be you because like, I'm not going to be her. Yeah. You know, I'm not. It was like an attraction straight out of the gate. <sighs> straight out of the gate. I was just like, you yeah. are so cool and I will figure this out. But like obsession, like photos on my wall, cutouts from magazine type vibe. She was for sure the real deal. And like I mentioned Ballroom Blitz, but at the end of the movie, basically, there's like a music video. It's like a post credit sequence, I think, mm-hmm. of this song Ballroom Blitz. And she is like, like, if you didn't believe she had the full chops for the movie, at the end, you're just like, I'm sorry, you're perfect. They play, they show that clip of her singing Ballroom Blitz multiple times because <laughs> it's all of the alternate endings of the movie. Uh, okay. Yeah, so they're like they they set up an elaborate scheme and then they come in and they offer her a record deal, but they have it happen where uh, Rob Lowe comes in and like steals the girl and ruins their life, and they're like, "You didn't think that's how we were going to end our movie?" And then it right. keeps cutting back to her like wailing that last note and standing <laughs> there right. in this like she's a thousand percent wearing lingerie. She is wearing like yeah. a lace red like teddy, like a yeah. big gold hoop earrings. She's just. I feel like that was very like the rocker girl style at the time with like lacy lingerie, like you said, and then some kind of like leatherette or pleather pant or jacket, something like that. A lot of corset, sort of like boning lingerie. Oh, yeah, totally. Like this one, I, I'm pretty sure it's like uh, the the bra portion has underwire. She's got like matching fingerless gloves. It's just... The fingerless gloves, yes. It's just wild. It's wild perfection. And like... She's also really snarky in that movie and a bit like super commanding. And I'm like, I just love her. I just love her so much. She's a boss. And I remember her also being an authority, like when she's describing the guitar she wants and she's like, yeah, I would take that, but like raise the whatever and do the mm-hmm. whatever. And Wayne is just like, you are, you're, she was such a boss. She was so like, not the woman I was used to seeing in films at that time. Yeah, and it's interesting, interesting fact, because we had mentioned Pamela Anderson. She yeah. actually turned down an audition for Baywatch to be in Wayne's World. <sighs> Did she, like, do you think, is it because she wanted to do comedy? I'm not too sure why, but she did okay. end up getting like put on like people's like 50 most beautiful people list, which is a thousand percent one of the things I cut the pictures of her out of. Yeah. And like put on my wall and 
it's that wild thing because that's you know i know that that's what it is but then there's a, if you skip forward holy seven six seven years mm-hmm. and watching the other person who i feel like did this to me so just before you go there because i don't want to spoil it you put these on your wall you said so what was sort of the was there any kind of response like within your family or were they just like oh she just wants to be a rock star kind of thing and did you want to be a musician um oh i absolutely wanted to be a musician for so long Mm. i used to i played guitar a bit as a teenager nice i play a bit of drums now and i like used to be a vocal teacher for a while like i was like i'm going to be the coolest rock star before working in film i actually worked in music oh cool um and all of my you know my family that's not true my dad's about as trashy as i am but the rest of my family <laughs> i feel like the odd one out um, okay <laughs> but everyone likes like rock music or comedies so they're just like oh they got movie posters on their wall yeah we all love wayne's world of course like no understanding of whatever yeah of course it's not like it was you know pictures out of out of adult nudie mags that comes later (laughs) and now (laughs) yes yes who else was on the wall with tia carrere oh my god meatloaf (laughs) Yeah, meatloaf Whoa. was for sure on the wall. Interesting. Um, yeah, big meatloaf posters. Big meatloaf fans still to this day. Sure. Um, you know, also you know, big fat lesbian vibes. If you per- if you ignore his like personal life, but like yeah, meatloaf when he was like famous rock star. Um, the girls from Heart. Oh yeah. There's a lot of like rock babe posters, like yeah. the Wilsons. Uh, just. The, the, uh, the girls from Heart, and the, I'm not, I don't always talk about the Indigo girls, but when I do, I talk about them hard. I feel like that's the same, you know, situation where two roads diverge in a yellow wood and you either become the Indigo girls or Heart. Or Heart, or, yeah. Or you're Wayne and Garth. Har- you're either, yeah, <laughs> Wayne and Garth. And that's I feel right. like Wayne and Garth are just like, they wish they were Na- Nancy and Ann Wilson. Oh, like for sure. Totally. Yeah, that would be, that's the movie I want to see next. Please, I Wayne. I will one day make my Wayne's World knockoff lesbian buddy comedy movie. Yes. It will happen. It's down the line. Weird Alice's World. Weird it's Alice's down the line. World. Yeah, you can't use that title. It's mine. Um, <laughs> right, okay, so fine. you were taking me to the next movie. So this was like seven years post Wayne's World, I think. Yeah, so the movie came out seven years after Wayne's World, but it's like that thing. It's like when I watched within relation to when they're released not quite sure yeah but i did watch this when it was released it was a movie i rented of my own volition is uh but i'm a cheerleader the very obvious movie yeah. that explained to me what was going on <laughs> or fully they have with natasha leone yeah. who you know i'm gonna say natasha leone made me gay and I know she said she's not queer, but like if Natasha Leone is listening to this and she wants me to make her gay, like I'm down to reciprocate that task. That's a challenge. That's a gauntlet thrown. Let's go. Let's go, baby. But watching that movie where they have that scene where they're explaining to her that she's gay and where they're already at the conversion therapy camp and she, she's like, everyone looks at other girls all the time because um, they're talking about how she only has pictures of girls in her locker yeah and they're like yeah but you only the um they aren't thinking what you're thinking when they do and i was like wait what this is not because at my point i was like everyone does look at other girls all the time right what do you mean and they're watching this and they said it and i wasn't as shocked as she was i was just like oh that's what it's called were you suddenly I- like wait that that thing they're saying is different is my experience yeah fully i was like oh that's what it's called right i had only heard you know growing up late 80s early 90s like lesbian and dyke were just slurs that i didn't know what the meaning to that's right same same with fag you hear it in movies and you're like i don't at a young age like i don't know that you're using as a synonym for gay totally that's an insult it's just a slam yeah and then whenever i would see lesbian in comedy it was always like butch women in flannel yes who did like handiwork is like the butt of a joke so i didn't get it yeah and it was also completely same thing i think with gay gay stereotypes where they were also 
pretty desexualized in a way where you're like, mm-hmm. you're kind of like a stock character here, but that I don't see how that connects to me and w- my desires. Totally. Yeah. Um, when I would see, I mean, when I see those like flamboyant <laughs> portrayals of gay men in movies, I'm like, oh, hi, me. Um, like, I like <laughs> you. You're my favorite character. Yeah, I want to hang um, out with you. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, everybody else here is a loser. You oh my seem God. like a joy. Um, <laughs> and also, you, uh, sorry, I almost said you made okay. me queer which is not the name of the movie it's called but i'm a cheerleader but i'm a cheerleader right but i'm a cheerleader also with like were you more a natasha leone gal or did you have a bit of clea duval hunger Uh, i i understand the love for clea duval i do Mm -hmm. um the older i get the more i get it because like she is she's a babe but i am like i i have a weakness for like femmes and like Mm. the more femme the better or scarier the femme the better so or like the femme, scarier the femme did you say yeah like yeah. yes like like feminine women who could like beat me up i'm like please <laughs> i'm afraid of you tia carrera tia carrera tia carrera could like kick my ass and then some like oh too God. too cool for school um and then like just yeah natasha leon in that movie just love love i'm a very like femme for femme person just like I love it. Love it. I love it so much. And I love her in that movie. It's just so good. She's great. She's so good. Also, RuPaul famously in that movie, which is like makes it queer too. She (laughs) also. With his straight is great tank tank top and like booty shorts. So great. So amazing. And Natasha Leone, I would say, is someone who just gets like more enticing with age do you is uh, your, does your oh, crush abs- continue oh absolutely okay. i i still don't understand <laughs> i mean i'm one of those people who thinks everyone's like somewhere on the spectrum of queerness like um everyone's a little bit bi and has she like said oh she said outright she's like i am i'm not queer um oh. and yeah and i'm like <laughs> she's with or did they just break up Fred Armisen. I'm pretty sure they broke Whoa. up recently. Um, He's dated some interesting women. He dated Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 they split up like earlier this year, okay. um, or at least that's when it like came out. And I, I was like, are you to each other's beards? Because I don't believe either of you are fully straight. But they don't work walk in a world where they would be afraid to be out as queer. Yeah, so it's it like does so seem confusing. Weird. Yeah, like Fred Armisen of all people, you think would embrace it. Same with Natasha Leone. It'd be such an easy like step over the line. Fully, and she could have any woman she wanted. Oh my and, god! Um, so I, you know, reiterate: if I'm that woman, <laughs> I, I'm Weird Alice. I'm easy to find. <laughs> you made me queer. You made me queer. We'll be right back. And now back to more. You made me queer. Going back to that movie, because Wayne's World, you said, could fly under the radar. It's just like, you know, everyone loves Wayne's World. But I'm a Cheerleader is very much, it's a queer movie with a queer story. So how was that taken? Where did you watch that and who did you watch it with? I watched that by myself um, Mm -hmm. in the basement of our house. So when we moved, yeah, we would have still been living there. We had, I had like, there was like the TV upstairs and then we mm. had like the old TV was in the basement. And yeah, the big my heavy bedroom- one that was like furniture. Exactly. And yeah. my bedroom was downstairs and so I would just go and watch movies all the time. I didn't really, still don't, like, didn't really get along with my siblings, didn't really hang out with anybody. So, you know, walk to the video store, pick up movies and then bring them home by myself and watch them. That's um, right. That's the weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now it's the everyday. <laughs> um, no one can tell me what to do. I'm an adult. <laughs> exactly. Good. Um, and I just remember the cover. It's like, it's her and all the cheerleaders. And it just looks really campy and colorful. And it was in the comedy section. Yeah. It's her kind of like spaced out in like a, a pink sateen sort of dress, right? Yeah. She's in her dress from like the final scene of the movie. Right. Um, which... I don't even think she has 
the dress at the end. I don't remember. Um, because she doesn't go to the, because she's not one of the graduates. Because they're right. all in their like matching pink dresses or blue suits that Kathy Moriarty makes them wear. Th- that's right. Also, like we can chuck in like Kathleen Turner and Kathy Moriarty in there as like women <laughs> who I was like very intrigued by and afraid of at the same time. Now uh, your knowledge is 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 biblical, so I know Kathleen Turner, but Kathleen Moriarty, I can't picture. Kathy Moriarty is the woman who runs the conversion therapy camp. Okay. Um, she's got the really raspy voice, like raspier than Kathleen Turner. She's also in um, Casper is what a lot of people know her from. Yes, which is strangely a lot of people bl- blame for making them queer. Yes, Kathy Moriarty, I see you. Yeah. So that's a movie full of smoky-voiced women. Smoky-voiced women. Wow. Um, and I just... I remember just it just looked like a campy thing that would catch my eye on the shelf because mm-hmm. I we lived near a jumbo video which I yes R.I.P. jumbo I let then later as a teenager in a different city was like assistant manager for a jumbo video like love that place okay um, the free popcorn I mean the free popcorn on. the yeah. free popcorn and like the sad Halloween direction um <laughs> or decorations that, I like, remember, never came down. and also Jumbo Video is one of the rare movie uh, rental places that had a like red velvet curtained adult section. They did, um, yeah. which I definitely on numerous occasions got told I wasn't allowed back there. <laughs> as an employee? <laughs> oh, no, I, like, as, oh, like as a patron. A kid being okay. like, oh, what's behind this curtain? There's more movies. Like, I know. You'd always like peek in and just see like one cover and be like, oh, is is that sexy? Yeah, I'm like, I need to know more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, so so uh, where were we going back? Smoky Voices, Jumbo Video. Where were you taking me? I just, you were asking Rentals? where I watched this. And I just like yes. always rent movies and watch them by myself. And then when I was around other people, I would try to like make them watch horror movies with me because I thought it was funny scaring mm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but mostly, you know, any like campy, weird like saturated color comedy, I would pull it off the shelf and take it home. It's really funny because now I know like, you know, with everything is streamed. So we have these small sort of thumbnails, which are usually just stills from the TV show or movie these days. It's not mm-hmm. like the then people like there would be a graphic designer or so an art director really like styling these movies. And some of the covers were such queer dog whistles. Like for me, the biggest one was Welcome to the Dollhouse. Oh, Welcome to Dollhouse. Such a such a queer oh, dog whistle on that cover. So, that cover, I was just like, why is an eight year old cis male suburban kid? Do I understand exactly what she's going through? <laughs> Yeah, I that that's one of those movies that I definitely watched. Uh, who too young? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love it though. We we, so we love Heather Matarazzo. Big big um, stan. Big big fan of her. Yeah. And just yeah, but those covers that was what led me to like wanting to grab pink flamingos because yeah. I had rented like every horror movie and it's this huge drag queen, obnoxious blue eyeshadow, which I love. Yes. I live for a blue garage door, big <laughs> yellow hair in that red dress and then like trailer parks in the background. Yeah. I was like, how? And it was labeled, I remember with the red sticker like peeling off the VHS labeled as horror because they couldn't put it in the comedy section. Right. Um, but I was like, how is this going to be scary? This looks funny. And they would not let me rent that movie. That I cannot believe Pink Flamingos was labeled as horror because they're like, how do we let, how do we prevent children from renting this? I and feel it was that. like I, even now though, don't know what I would categorize it as because most yeah. video stores have it under a director section under John right. Waters. Like auteurs. I feel like at the time in the suburbs, there was like an indie section. Yeah, indie was just- or like a ghettoized like queer film yeah. section, like LGBT. And like then it maybe it was there. Yeah, it was like in the 90s of Sandra Bullock and Reese Witherspoon weren't in it. It was indie. <laughs> Just like, that's not mainstream. And we don't know. There's no genre for that kind of movie other than indie. Um, so you, okay, so you, but, but I'm a cheerleader. Whose title I'm having trouble saying. And then where do we go next? Uh, it just kind of just 
from there i was like oh i know what this is and then so, everything okay. i watched is just like you i would find the queerness in it whether or not it was villainous and i was never offended by villainous portrayals i'm still not i almost prefer them okay um because, because at least uh, there's grit and character to it right something so because but i'm a cheerleader was sort of a sexual awakening for you and now you're like oh i am this so i'm yeah. gonna seek out this mm -hmm. okay and I'm not someone who ever really formally like came out in that like box of a thing. I was just like, oh, I like women. And then every once in a while I see like dudes where I'm like, oh, you're not you're not too bad yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just like, that's who I will approach. And I didn't have people close to me that I needed to tell. Okay, and yeah. then I remember like saying something really nonchalantly about someone around my family one day. They weren't, you know, the most receptive, but they're just like, oh, okay, why are you telling me this? And I was like, I'm <laughs> you not. just kind I of was, passed it off. You slipped it into conversation. I think I just commented on somebody and I found attractive and they were like, wait, uh. what? And I was like, what do you mean? What? And that happened like several times. I would say something and people are like, huh i feel like i still get it now every once in a while where really? i was like yeah and they're like what do you mean and i was like what do you mean like i don't i never <laughs> had that like okay i'm nervous to tell someone i need to sit Good down you. and tell my family um i need to like i was just very kind of always fine with it that sounds really adjusted whereas i've joked with some of my other queer friends who are like when we started coming out suddenly you realize this is a great way to make the entire narrative about me and get a ton <laughs> of attention so you're like i'm gonna tell everyone one by one so i can do this whole thing again and again oh my gosh <laughs> i know which you know is a different flavor to bring to therapy fully well also like i you would think as uh, someone who does performance art for right. part of their living i'm weirdly outside I might be uh, like a loud and like brash or bombastic person, but I'm not a draw attention to me thing. I'm mm -hmm. just like, oh, we enjoy these things or we're having a good time. Like, let's get along. And yeah. then when I'm, even though character wise on stage, it's a bit of a persona. It's just mm -hmm. me amplified. Yeah. Um, and then the moment I'm done, I'm like, I'm done drawing attention. Like I, the sit backstage, type person yeah yeah and yeah. just like well, i got like a lot of guff from kids growing up and like very 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 bullied so i'm like not doing anything to draw attention to myself i'm just like yeah. i'm gonna do this thing you want to join cool no no then leave me alone like, that sounds great i walked the line where i was like i secretly desperately wanted attention but i was also super bullied so i was like please don't look at me mm -hmm. but there was that sort of electric line where i'm like I do want that attention, but I'm very aware that I'm rolling the dice every time and it could go completely sideways. Totally. Uh, which is, you know, it's so often did. <laughs> mm, it's funny now, right? It, totally. It's like I've said, and it sounds so mean, but I've said several times recently that I almost don't trust people who weren't bullied. Oh, that who like, weren't bullied. Who weren't bullied. I got like, it. Like, I'm just like... How, what have you learned about living <laughs> and i'm so glad that like a lot of queer oh. folks who are younger aren't getting bullied yeah. for just existing and being but i'm like i'm a fat weird like i say lesbian but i'm like i'm definitely bisexual but i just lean very 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 rarely i'm like oh a boy has piqued my attention um, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's it's um, a smaller window it's a smaller window like unless mm -hmm. you are like honestly unless you're like jack black or john goodman i'm like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> get out you do have a type hey i like just the, love like fat weird <laughs> i love it i love it like the meatloaf meatloaf started it yeah uh, i love i uh, just I was gutted when that man died. I was like, I know you're 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 awful in right wing, but you're our awful right wing weird. No, oh, no, I know, um, right? You write yeah. the fantasy of the person in your mind. Totally, but yeah, just like I meet like people and they go to do stuff or like I watch art. You can tell I was like, you've just had everything handed to you, yeah. and there's no grit, there's no growing, there's no learning or like finding you know a secret way to tell a certain story so that you can like you know 
not get bullied drunk. I got to do this thing, but like, don't pay attention to me, but here you go. And you, I just, I'm like, someone's like, oh, I wasn't bullied. I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) I'm interested. I know what you mean. And I'm interested to see what happens to the next generation of queer artists because Mm -hmm. so for so long, queer artistry has been completely integrated with, um, like, you know, being alternative and, and like the inherent punkness of queer art. And also like whether, kind of wherever you come from, a tiny bit of a trauma narrative too, just, you know, an underdog story. And for folks now, and like you said, I'm so happy that people are growing up without like the inherent shame of queerness, which we, which was our birthright. But what's, what are those stories going to be like? Will they all just be super like boring mainstream queer stories? And that's fine. Like, I hope not. I, I really, I'm never, I've never been a fan of respectability politics. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people, I was like, I do the right thing, I do the wrong thing, wrong, like air quotes, wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get treated like crud the same way. So I'm just going to do the thing I want to do. And like, who cares what, you know, someone's religious grandma thinks about it? Like, she should like that. grow up and work, walk through the real world. And I think the other, there is that thing on the other side where some people I fear that even though there's like less bullying and stuff, there's still that horrific narrative against the queer community that exists there and is extremely loud that it's like you live in this little bubble and it's going to get burst in a really scary way. And there's like no preparation for it. And I think we're past the, you know, making movies that are like, look, we're not scary. We're just like you. <laughs> right. It's not going to fix anything. And also, like, how boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, uh, you're right. You're right. So boring. <laughs> and that's one of the interesting things about sort of gay marriage and things like that, where the argument really shifted to become, like, let us be part of your club sort of thing, as opposed to, like, I'm okay. One of the biggest gifts queerness gave me was queerness as like a more abstract term of like getting to embrace my differences and and Mm -hmm. be comfortable with being different yeah for sure and there's that you know thing of people stop once they've been accepted and then leave everybody else behind um and forget the rest of the queer community who are again and so i you know i really identify watching movies made by john waters he's my favorite director Mm -hmm. because everything he makes is you think queer people are monsters? Well, I'll show you monsters. <laughs> and like no one in those movies has any like morally redeeming qualities. Yeah. Um, but then you have, you know, the very square, straight laced side members who are also villains in it, and they're but they're not fun. Like, so yeah. you get to have fun. <laughs> You're right. With, like no one's good. Um, and these like evil, just like here to ruin the party, and then the other people they're awful but they're also like you're gonna laugh at them and think they're sad right that's interesting hey rather than a question of good versus evil it's like interesting versus boring yeah which side do you want to fight for (laughs) fully you get that in hairspray Mm -hmm. i that disney thing just removes all the grit from it so sad the musical you mean yeah the disney adaptation of the musical it's just like Mm. it loses all of what they're trying to say with that movie but yeah because even the stage musical is a little bit freaky sometimes mm-hmm. it's, it's but the movie the, yeah but the original one you get like you know there's um the very like straight laced villain in oh the one with ricky lake you mean yeah in yeah, with yeah. uh with penny's mom who is like so aghast that she's um trying to find her daughter and she's running through a black neighborhood like in hysterics and it's just like hilarious you're like wow how sad are you and it was less like you know very like let's just shine a light on what this is like and there's always those characters who you're like oh like imagine being that afraid of like another person well and so many people still are and you see in the news every day Mm -hmm. Um, exactly it's funny and so to do that thing where you have like you have the fun villain and then you have like the pathetic villain it's like a nice (laughs) contrast and so i and i prefer these like grittier portrayals of queer people 
because these movies were made, you know, by a queer person for queer people and then people who get it and then to shock people who don't. Yeah, and I think that's that's interesting because I'm reading John Waters, I think is his latest sort of like short um, nonfiction essays about his film career, basically, mm-hmm. and talking about like a moral, like he makes these movies at the beginning, they're kind of successful. And then there's sort of diminishing returns where every time he's like, I don't know how I got another movie deal from a studio, but somehow he did. <laughs> and then it performed horribly. Yeah. And so like, he's not trying to figure out how do I make the system work or how do I make a palatable movie that's going to get me a deal? He's just like, I stopped getting deals because I kept mo- making the movie I wanted to make and p- mm-hmm. people didn't go to it. <laughs> yeah, it took it took a long time before he got um, any commercial success and like yeah. studio stuff. And my favorite is one of his studio films, The Serial Mom, with Kathleen Turner. Again, oh my God. love her. Do you know what's um, funny? I saw that on TBS when I was like eight, I want to say, too young to understand what's happening <laughs> in Serial Mom. And I was specifically when she and i think i've told you this before you have yeah the beating with the leg of mutton scene while tomorrow was on tv well tomorrow with annie i i was like i don't get it uh that was a movie that i rented too young with my dad so when i would visit my dad's on the weekends yeah we would he would pick me up and we would go to the we would go to the grocery store and grab snacks so it's like snacks have at the movie and then we would go to whatever video store was closest to where he was living at the time mm-hmm. and we would get to pick movies that we would watch together and i picked up serial mom because the cover is kathleen turner who Holding i had, scissors right yeah and i had yeah. seen her in other movies um like romancing the stone and these like we all know who she is fine yeah and she's um, it's got the letters all cut out because it's like a ransom note around it. And I'm like, oh, this looks like a fun movie. And we rented it. And I remember, you know, there's the first kill. And my dad was like, oh. Right. <laughs> and then the second kill happens where she stabs the dude with a fire poker while he's pissing <sighs> in a public bathroom. And my dad was like, do not tell your mother under any circumstances <laughs> that we watched this movie. Because I was young, 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 young when that movie came out. I love that it wasn't like, we should stop this. He's just like, just don't tell your mom. He was like, oh, it is mine. We've talked about it. He's like, there's no way it could get any worse than this. And it, spoiler, it does. It does. Um, <laughs> but like, she lights a dude on fire. Um, it's dark. <laughs> at an L7 concert. Oh, no. Like, How does it end again? What's the moral? There's none. <laughs> There's no. They um she gets acquitted and then And then Tia she, Carrera sings Bob and Blitz. Oh my god. She gets acquitted. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great ending to that movie. But yeah, no, she gets acquitted and then she beats somebody else up and they just uh and it says that she didn't cooperate in the making of the movie. Right. But when she gets off, the family's like just don't you're they're like oh you think your mom will like me they're like just don't get on her bad side and then you see her beat patty hearst with a phone <laughs> receiver for wearing white shoes right and, right yeah and then she's like suzanne summers this is my bad side and oh then it's like beverly sutvin did not cooperate with the making of this movie because he does it as if she was a real person that's right i remember which i couldn't parse as a child and i was like she's terrifying because also on tbs Strength. I mean, who is programming TBS on a weekend when kids were watching? <laughs> but Helter Skelter is well, I saw. Wild. I know the dramatization of the Manson murders. In, <laughs> in my brain, it was the same as Serial Mom. I was like, those are two horrifying stories. That's a wild one to be playing, too, because that's like the Steve Railsback, like investigation was, into the murders that's a brutal movie it was truly insane and it was straight up tbs and they're like next yeah. up which puppy's the cutest or something like that and i was like i have a question yeah you're like all right and yeah and and i'm confused and i'm going to therapy for a long time so we lost left you at well you you touched on john waters but i don't think you were blaming john waters so 
in no, our final he was moments. someone who I okay. find through queerness. Like I had yeah. seen it. I had seen his stuff. And then like, once I knew it was like revisiting those movies and then just like finding joy in them. Yes. You were already tainted. That was a, a celebratory thing for you. So anything else you want to blame in your final moments? Oh gosh. I know. Use them wisely. I know. It's like, I feel like I have that like Jeopardy music, like playing in my head, just mm -hmm. like counting me down. Mm -hmm. I wish I could blame something like Jeopardy. No, I know what it is. <laughs> I know what? what it is. And it's going to seem really silly. It's a well, surprise, surprise. Another movie, but it's PB Herman. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Yes. It's PB Herman. The, the weirdest. TV show, the movies. Peewee. Uh, I mean, the Peewee's Playhouse show. Peewee's Big Adventure was, you know, is still my fave. Um, yeah. But Peewee's Playhouse, which rewatching, I remember rewatching that as like an older teenager and being like, my mom let me watch this. This show <laughs> deranged. It's deranged. Also, um, going to the, the types you've described that kind of turn you on, was the bus driver in Pee-wee's A Big Adventure, would you go for it? Maybe now, Large Marge. Like, okay. you, yeah, you're talking yeah, about Large, Large Marge. Marge. Large Marge. Truck driver. Like, She's got a meatloaf vibe. Maybe. She's almost too butch for me, but, like, okay. I would want to be her friend and, like, and like hang out with her at like a truck stop. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm going to end up more like Large Marge. <laughs> like with like We should all be so lucky. With longer manicured like nails and like a little bit more eyeshadow. But like yeah. I feel like I'm more large large than any of <laughs> than you know wanna wanna get with. And what about cause isn't uh Cassandra Peterson is she the head of the biker gang? Elvira. Cassandra Peterson is the head of the biker gang. So um, hot. I actually have a birthday gift someone got for me this year. What it's a shirt and it's the it's like the Pee Wee Herman Loners and Rebels biker gang. And it's the and it's a black and white picture of him standing outside with the bike with the bikies. Yes. And then on the back it's him dancing. Um <laughs> And I've that to me, like a crop muscle top, like that's so hot. That strangely, and talk about a queer movie. That to me felt like such a queer affirming moment when the bikers accept him. Oh, absolutely! And they all like cheer him on, and then they yeah. give him the motorcycle to ride off, and then he crashes it into a billboard. I mean, like, listen, it's just that movie is just like queer fodder yeah um I, it's just a joy and it's so like it's so goofy and weird mm -hmm. it is so weird it's not the one i played on loop as much as a kid um because we owned a betamax Yes. dating myself here i owned a betamax copy of big top peewee which is not a good movie please don't revisit it um, <laughs> and i remember wrecking our betamax player from watching that movie too often wow because um, i like the circus and he goes and like the circus moves into his house and like it's it's not a good movie but peewee's big adventure and peewee's playhouse are like the ones for so sure. good so special and like so so rad and progressive in so many ways and i also mean that in like a superficial capacity like the art direction the claymation the music everything was just such a big swing uh, absolutely and they use like you know tim burton's a questionable man but like that is his <laughs> first full-length feature so wild and you get a lot of his cool early art things and a lot of those sets are used later in other movies so mm -hmm. all like the nightmare scene stuff is used in beetlejuice oh and, no way yeah all the like weird shaped doors and stuff where he after he like crashes and then like the ambulance picks him up and there's like the murderous clowns operating on his bike oh like, yeah that scared the hell out of me it's nightmare fuel but it's also like fun and yeah. eg daily one of my all-time crushes is in that she's the one who plays dotty oh yes also another she's like squeaky raspy voice but she's still yeah. got the raspy voice i think it's like a bit of a uh, ellen green what's her face from little shop yeah yeah a little, a little bit not as not as mousy but yeah okay. that i think it's just these raspy voiced women who i'm like <laughs> you say, do like a raspy voice yeah like talk dirty to me but in that like you s sound like you smoked like 10 packs so so I would say like
like vocal fatigue also made you queer? Oh, uh, yeah, let's say it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. A tired voice. A tired voice. Some some Virginia Slims. Tired voice for a tired queer. <laughs> oh, my God. Please love it. Uh, so that is a, a beautiful, I think, cap to put on this tube of queer toothpaste. So we had Wayne's World specifically. And I've been saying Tia Carrere this whole episode. Tia is Carrera. It Carrera. Yeah, Tia Carrera. I'm so sorry, Tia. Big fan of the show. So Tia Carrera. Next was But I'm a Cheerleader. All throughout, we have raspy-voiced women. Uh, yeah. Then Pee Wee. <laughs> and then tea. Vocal Fatigue. <laughs> vocal Fatigue. I feel like you could just wrap it all up in that episode of The Simpsons where they Bart think, where Homer thinks Bart's gay. And yes. she sits him in the middle of the highway in front of uh, an on a lawn chair in front of an ad for of of women pillow fighting for <laughs> cigarettes. And they're they're like, "What do you think?" And he's like, "I kind of want a cigarette." It's like, "What's your brand?" <laughs> Anything slim. It's like all of that together is just. It's so good. Simpsons. Oh my, I could do a whole episode about a Simpsons maybe queer. I've got multiple Simpsons tattoos. I feel like I need to now get tattoos of all the women I mentioned today. Yeah. Um, add them to my collection. <laughs> do it. Do it. All all on your neck. All on all like around your throat. Yeah. <laughs> Vocal throat. fatigue. <laughs> you get it. Um, so sweet, sweet uh weird Alice. This has been an absolute pleasure. And before I let you go, would you like to play a game? I would love to play a game. Thank God. Okay, so this game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist. Queerer, Queerist! Ooh. I'm, yeah, correct. I'm going to give you three things. Your job is to put them in order from least to most queer and tell me why. Okay. okay. Nerve-wracking. Let's you, go. <laughs> I have confidence in you. Thing number one, hedge animals. Hedge animals. Like a bush or some yeah. sort of foliage, foliage, uh, trimmed into an animal shape thing number two are you familiar with a kong like the animal play toy yeah so it's like my understanding of a kong it's like a big animal play toy it's usually hollow and you stuff it full of peanut butter yeah i know exactly what you're talking about you got it okay so uh <laughs> take do that as you will that's thing number two thing number three uh have you ever been to a koi pond yeah Okay, so you know when the you when people throw fish food in, the fish go up to the top and they do this little like mouth thing mm -hmm. on the surface of the water. It's just like kind of puckering. They eat. <laughs> they, yeah, so they're eating. Correct, correct. That's they're eating. Um, but the way their mouths move in that like sort of weird little <laughs> suctiony pucker. Yeah. <laughs> so a koi's suctiony pucker is thing number three. So just to, uh, just to recap, we've got hedge animals, a Kong with or without peanut butter, and a Koi's suctiony pucker, least to most queer and why? Least to most queer and why? Oh, man. I'm going to... We'll go least first. I feel like... I'm going to say a Kong. I feel like everyone's going to oh, say it's really? the most queer because it's butt plug shaped and like, you'll lick it, but like... I can put an actual, you know, butt plug in my butt and it's shaped a little bit better for that. And that, there you go. You don't need a dog toy. There's no fear of like a dog. Yeah. A dog toy is not my jam. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I also no like kink shaming, but who's yeah. buying, but like, I don't want to buy an extra Kong for myself and I don't want to use one that my animal has licked inside <laughs> an orifice. Like okay. I feel like that's not cost effective and I have better things I could spend money on. Fantastic. This tracks queerer we'll go with that suctiony pucker from the koi fish it's okay. a little bit it's a little bit bizarre they are just trying to get sustenance you know just like queer people were out there but we're just trying to live yes um, just trying to stay alive get fed just try to stay alive get okay. fed and then hedge animals surprisingly <gasps> really? i'm gonna go with the queerest because it's so flamboyant and extra and attention seeking <laughs> to like true. snip a giant bush but then you also use like a hedge to like maintain you know privacy like it's a privacy screen but you're like don't look at what's behind the screen but look at this loud flashy thing and also you can cut them into any shape animal you want yes like 
Think of like the wackiest animal, you know, birds with wingspans, a flamingo yes. hedge animal. A flamingo. Do you know what that's so funny? Maybe that's why I thought of it because it's very my brand in grade school, which is look at me, but don't look at me. Mm -hmm. Hedge animals. Wow. Okay. So let me check your marks. Uh, <laughs> one, two, three. Uh, congratulations, Weird Alice. You got 100%. Oh, wow. That's the first time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Your GPA just skyrocketed. <laughs> you are, in fact, a queer person. Oh, wow. Yeah, the results are in. Uh, well, I know who to blame. I'm not quite <laughs> sure who to thank. I'll thank Miss Piggy, you know, as my, my last out. I'll thank her. Yes. She's not just queerness. She's just me in a nutshell. She's perfect. So we'll thank her and blame everyone else. <laughs> That's everyone else. Uh, what a treat. Well, I blame you for making this <laughs> such a good time. So before I let you go, anything you want to plug? Yeah, so I... Um, I'm a horror host, but without necessarily horror in it. Um, kind of like Elvira, but queerer somehow. Um, and I run a screening series, um, both virtually and in person, do lots of cinema work under the uh, moniker of Drag Me to the Movies, um, interactive movies. And coming soon is another um, series that's almost ready to launch called Girls on Girls on Film. So... Uh, Keep your eyes out for that. Do it. I love it. Folks in Toronto will already know. Um, and through from this episode, your encyclopedic knowledge of movies and movie stars, <laughs> it all comes together. Uh, but with a visual, which you have had no visual because this is a podcast, but just imagine what Weird Alice brings to a stage. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> in the best way, but it is a lot. That's listen, please get get fed. That's what queer people want. So I want to thank you, Weird Alice, because I was very queer when this conversation started and talking to you has made me queerer than ever. Amazing. Well, thank you for having me so much, Trevor. My pleasure. Thank you for coming on and uh, stay weird. <laughs> stay weird. Bye. Queer, 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 queer. Okay, and that is a freaky deaky episode. So as always, you can email me at youmademequeer at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Who knows, if I make some money from it one day, I won't have to constantly dog sit. Although I probably still will, because I sure love these gay animals. That's it. Cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created and produced by me, Trevor Campbell. Our editor is Sean Van Beaton. Our theme song is by Critty. For more of our music, check out lavenderbruces.bandcamp.com.gov. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every other Thursday and from the bottom of my big bent heart, you'll find a dog and next to it, you who I'm thanking for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault. <laughs>